Welcome to the Everyday PM Podcast, the podcast where we discuss project management principles for your everyday life. My name is Ann Campia, and I'm a certified project slash program manager with a decade of experience working for health, healthcare, retail, consumer goods, and tech industries. This week, I am so excited to welcome Teal Heath, who is our principal at Equinox Healthcare IT. She brings over 25 years of clinical operational business and technical expertise into the healthcare industry. She's a registered nurse at Six Sigma Greenbelt, is program and portfolio management mastery certified, is PMP certified, and her former roles include vice president of the corporate enterprise project management office and director of IT PMO for one of Colorado, Colorado's largest healthcare organizations. Teal is passionate about healthcare leadership and digital technology transformation as well. So Teal, welcome to the Everyday PM podcast. For those who have not met you yet, please take a mo brief moment to introduce yourself to our audience. Thank you for having me. I think the introduction you just provided is more than ample. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I mean, you bring such a wealth of knowledge and experience to our audience. I'm looking forward to kind of digging into um, all of that. And, and, and this week, we are talking about you, your career, um, and a lot of tips and guidance for those who are in the project management space in terms of how to drive your own career and push that forward. So I think our audience is very hungry for this top very topic. We just, even before we started recording the podcast, we're talking about how it's such an interesting environment right now for program and project managers in terms of companies looking for this role. The appetite is there. Companies are very hungry for it, and there's very different variations of program or project managers that they're looking for. So I'm looking forward to kind of digging into your experience, how you're able to nav navigate yourself and get into the roles that you have been a, a player in. And uh, why don't we just dive right in, Teal? So Teal, welcome again to the podcast. Um, you've navigated your career so wonderfully. I kind of walked through the key highlights of it in your brief introduction, but I know there's more there, right? So how did you go about crafting your career roadmap? What was your, what did that look like for you when you were starting out? What, did you have a clear picture of where you wanted to be? Crafting a clear roadmap of my career is a gracious way to describe my story. Not really. You know, I started out as one of those right out of high school RNs. So I went to a diploma program just out of high school and became an RN roughly in my 20, early, early 20s and um, worked as an RN, was proficient with all things RN, comfortable with starting IVs, you know, performing a solid patient assessment. Most procedures that were within my scope of expertise I could do, I was comfortable. And um, I was also learning every day as well. Um, just sort of had this thought that I should be doing something too. And so at that point in time, employers were still offering tuition reimbursements or mm -hmm. some sort of stipend to support tuition um, assistance. And so 
I kept hearing all around that sooner or later, all nurses were going to have to have a bachelor's degree. So I thought better, better go and get, get that done. Yeah. So um, obtained my bachelor's degree in nursing and again, continuing to work as a nurse and in the very early 1990s had the opportunity um, from our IT department, they were thinking that it would be smoother to take a clinician and teach them some technical skills than it would be to take a technician, an IT expert and train them clinical skills. And I assisted in the rollout of laptops for the home care division. Wow. And I really liked it. Yeah. Um, I really liked the technology components involved in that. Uh, yeah, so great. I've always been and not always will be a healthcare person first. And um, that project of sorts allowed me the opportunity to consider, you know, maybe moving over into the IT department for other clinical based projects. And um, it was a scary sort of thought. Again, mm -hmm. I was very comfortable. I was solid in my capabilities as a nurse. I was worried because I always thought nursing would be a career where you'd always have, you know, opportunity for gainful employment. Yeah. And all around in the 1990s, early 1990s, keep in mind, technology was rearing um, its head in a more profound way. And it was always associated with layoffs and turnovers and buyouts and different mergers and acquisitions. Um, but there was an appeal to, you know, you're looking at somebody who's done a lot of night shifts and mm -hmm. holidays and weekends. And there was an appeal, um, not only to learn something new and something that I really liked in that technology realm, but to blend it with my life at the time of small children mm -hmm. and wanted to be home on holidays if I could swing that. And so I took the plunge, was recruited into the technology department, and then got there and found out I was probably the least informed, <laughs> least, you know, prepared person in the technology department. And at that time, there was something. Um, called the Microsoft Certified Systems Engineer Certification. Wow. And so I thought, well, you know, I probably better check that out. Uh, so I took the courses for the MCSE required curriculum, took the exams, and, you know, got that certification under my belt and sort of found that. I was gravitating even with a tiny bit more technology experience mm -hmm. to more management or project management assignments, which I really liked. I really yeah. liked working with the engineers. I liked working with them as much as I like working with clinical people, especially RNs mm -hmm. who are and will remain near and dear to my heart. Um, but I liked the project management piece of things a lot. And then, as you know, in the 1990s is sort of the birth time for project management in right. preparing for Y2K. And a PMP certification was sort of floated up there 
as the thing to have if you're going to try to be a project manager. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of how I stumbled onto project management and getting my PMP certification. And I love that you bring that up, the whole stumbled upon it, because you, you, the narrative that you're, you're, you know, t the journey that you're taking us through right now is, is, is really wonderful. And I think a lot of our audience can relate to that because I've had people reach out to me saying, well, I've been an engineer for a very long time, but I'm interested in project management. How do you make that transition into that type of role? And Teal, what you're kind of outlining for us is that there is a way to do it, uh, maybe even subtly or, or haphazardly, is stumbling upon it is, is a, a, the way a lot of us do it, right? Is that you don't essentially, you're not positioned or you're not positioning yourself to be a project manager. Somebody says, oh, you have the qualities that I need to be able to take on this project, and then you accidentally become one. And so it sounds like you've kind of made your journey to that point where you realized your passion was in project management, even though you carry this really rich foundation of being a registered nurse for many years and, and kind of building that foundation. How do you feel that that has contributed to your overall career roadmap? Was it um, was it an easy transition to make from being an RN then deciding you wanted to transition more into the business side of it and be be more on the ITPM aspect of it? Has that helped you or has that played together in any way? You know, very few things that are easy are genuinely <laughs> worthwhile. I came to experience. So the, the transition, while the opportunity was there for me, you know, it, it wasn't something I did without careful thought, that's for sure, uh, mm -hmm. given the comfort I had. I also thought that I had growth opportunity in nursing as well. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, different things and blending with my life and kids and holidays and weekends was as compelling, if not more compelling. Yeah. And so, you know. I, I did take that plunge. They say that, you know, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. Mm. And so yeah. one of the things that I did sort of pick up along the way is that even when, you know, I was an RN performing RN duties, if I, I tried to surround myself with the people that were the high performers or, you know, admired people when I went to the IT department that were smart and that other people came to for advice. And that is what compelled me to constantly be looking at some certification, some something or another, and then trying really hard for the best work product I could deliver, uh, I think helped me a lot in that people were willing to take a chance on me um, it, because definitely in my stumbling around and landing on different things, certain people along the way, I am still in debt to for taking a chance on me. That's oh, for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then you remember those people your entire career. And I, I feel like, I, and Teal, we, we only just met, so I'm going to make an assumption here and you tell me if I'm wrong, but that you then, you then take that support that you once had and 
you it feel like that's what you do for others. That's what you pay forward now, Teal, that you've been in your career for so many years and you've gone through all those um, ebbs and flows and crossed a lot of hurdles to get to where you eventually landed. Is it something now that you take with you and try to pay forward to those that you see are kind of making a similar journey as you did? We definitely try to. Um, after um, getting my PMP, I worked on a lot of different projects mm -hmm. in the IT department for the hospital system. And the hospital system had multiple hospitals across its enterprise. And I was able to work on a lot of um, high-end projects that were meaningful to the enterprise. And um, eventually became the IT project management office director. And all, all along, I thought, well, you know, if I'm going to be moving into this director level position and work in the IT department, I was looking around me and thinking a lot of employers are scaling back on some of their tuition reimbursement benefits, mm -hmm. you know? And so I thought, if I'm going to get a master's degree, this is probably the time to do it. Um, because the writing was sort of on the wall that the support for that benefit would be scaling back. So wrapped up my master's degree in uh, information management, computer science. And this is like a long time before there was ever discussion about clinical informatics and clinical, clinical informatics certifications and yeah. that position in a healthcare environment. So I wrapped that up and got to, at that point, learn the hard knocks associated with managing projects and how that differs from managing people. Mm -hmm. And so the graciousness people have had with me over the years <laughs> and the forgiveness I've gotten from people over the years as I've tried and won and tried and didn't win yeah. was um, helpful in managing other project managers and trying to create a big bench of project manager skill set from coordinator assistant types to the full high-end, high-performing um, project or program manager mm -hmm. skill set. And so um, you can add project managers to the list of those that I enjoy the most along with nurses and technology people and engineers is definitely project managers. And yeah. <laughs> um, I've had, I've been lucky enough to be able to work with a lot of project managers and learn from them as well over the years and try to pay back, I guess, or pay forward as you called it. Absolutely. Where, where you're able. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like education and certifications, they were all calculated decisions you made in your journey to get to where you were. You talked about um, seeing tuition reimbursement going away. And, and I think that's a really important thing to, to call back to because a lot of people don't realize that companies support that or have that type of benefit. And, and it would be important to look into if if you're a company, if you're thinking about getting PMP certified or any type of certification, if they'd support that. So for you, Teal, the, your decisions were kind of made around some of these areas where either 
you wanted to take advantage of what the company benefits were being offered at the time or life was happening and you said, okay, now is the right time to do it. It's now or never. So I, I love that about your journey. It's just sounds very organic and that there was clarity at certain points um, on your journey that you said, okay, now's the right time to do it or I'm not going to get around to doing it. And essentially is yeah. what I'm hearing from you. Yeah. And was there yeah, anything about attention? Yeah. Know, yeah. Being aware for sure. What's going on and somehow trying to fit that in between having to now grade school kids, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Work. Talk to me about, and, and I think that's definitely resonating with a lot of people, right? And, and talk to me about how you were able to balance that. I think a lot of these decisions around, should I get a master's degree? Should I go after the PMP? People hesitate because they, they think about time. They think about the monetary investment. Uh, they want it. They probably have had a conversation in their own heads about, okay, well, getting it will probably help me advance my career or, or at least make me more knowledgeable about being a project manager. So what are some of those thoughts that went through your head and ultimately what, what led you to make those decisions to get certified multiple times to get your master's degree? Can you talk through that? Yeah, you know, it's okay to start small, you know, when people that you talk to describe, you know, well, the environment looks like the employer's going to start scaling back on tuition reimbursement support. So, mm -hmm. you, you know, we got your master's degree. That sounds pretty immediate and pretty direct. But the reality was it's a course or two at a time, you know, around yeah. life and around work. And then ultimately it's, you've got your master's degree. It's that consistent sort of North star on, I really should be doing something mm. in it, you know, something in addition to, and that something in addition to for one semester could be probably one of the easier courses on that um, degree curriculum. Another semester, it could be, you know, things are a little bit lighter at work and or at home. So I could probably do one, one or two of the harder courses. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay to start small. Ultimately, over time, as long as you're starting and in the process of something small, it can result in something big. And so an opportunity came up for an enterprise project management office for that same employer that I had worked, worked for, for now going on just, just shy of two decades. And um, one of the requirements for that level of position opening was a master's degree. And so somehow again, just by that starting small, working on something and then having it when an opportunity came available, it was what made it to where I could move into that slot and then um, perform at that EPMO level where I was able to then learn and grow with more things like business projects, mm -hmm. um, like rebranding for the organization project. It got me out of healthcare and technology projects and gave me more breadth 
into the portfolio of projects I had experience running that were business oriented. And then that allowed me to help with the assignment of program and project managers, different kinds of projects as well. So we all grew. Yeah, and amazing. then by the time you're there and in that position, you have a scattering of different certifications. And, you know, the Six Sigma, Six Sigma Black Belt certification or the ITIL certification or this mm-hmm. the different certifications that are out there and around you that you hear about are valuable or required sure. for work. But by the time you get there, you have sort of a smattering. And if you always shoot for your best personal product delivery and doing something, however small, um, for me, it just, it genuinely did with people helping me out along the way, allowing Mm -hmm. me to stumble into different opportunities. Um, And that's how the EPMO came into fruition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and for those who are not familiar or unfamiliar with EPMO, uh, can you briefly describe what that means if you're a project manager and you're now kind of getting pulled into an EPMO versus a PMO? Can you describe those differences? Yeah, so there are different types of EPMOs. There are an EPMO that if a work effort meets the criteria to be a project, then the EPMO resources it with one of their project managers. And then there is an EPMO that's structured more strategically, where if a work effort meets the strategic criteria of a project, then the EPMO will resource it. Sometimes the ITPMO reports into an EPMO, sometimes it does not. In our case, we had a strategic EPMO where we project manage the organization's most strategic projects, those projects that were deemed necessary for viability or to strengthen our position in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And the ITPMO did report into the EPMO um, at that time. There's something really like a, that's always been where I would want to try to attain, you know, not more knowledge in is being a part of an EPMO. It's been a dream of mine, Teal. So you, you're living the dream. I'll just tell you that for one, first and foremost, but it's been a dream of mine to, to, I've worked for a PMO. I know I am aware of what an EPMO is, and I've always been curious to tap into that type of value for an organization. And I've had conversations with previous employers about are we ever going to get to a point in in our PMO to where we can start to look at things from that perspective? And uh, from what I understand, not having worked for an EPMO before, is that it really does come with the maturity of the organization and kind of how they want to, to your point, strategically lay out the work and and have a certain PMs working on certain projects or programs or parts of the portfolio. Is that so? Is that my understanding? Is that a little more of what you're talking about? Is uh, is how you'd where you ended up? That type of EPMO is more of a strategic thinking one. Definitely, yeah, okay. definitely. Um, if a project is worth millions of dollars and considered viable to the organization, or necessary for market positioning, then why wouldn't you have a person who makes a living managing projects, Mm -hmm. manage that work effort. Right. And 
that right there is sort of the most profound rationale for an EPMO. Um, and there are a lot of different philosophies on EPMO structures and scales. Um, and I, def I definitely have my own philosophy on that, but mostly I think it needs to be catered to the specific organization. And sure. that, can, that can change over time as well. You know, sure. organizations like us have different life cycles where they're at different phases and need different kind of support from project management at different times. But yeah, and I, I, I imagine it. The calling yeah. and, and like for EPMO for project managers is sort of is the project management nirvana, right? Yes, where the that's thought the is we're perfect really word. Managing what the organization deems to be most important. And Absolutely. that means you're inherently involved in driving and delivering something really meaningful. And that sort of is what happened um, with the EPMO. Uh, the organization we were working with at that time had a large portfolio of healthcare construction projects where we were actually building ground up new hospitals. Um, wow. Some of the existing facilities were going to be uh, demolished and sold for development. Um, each, each hospital had their own story, mm -hmm. uh, but we were able to then sort of blend the healthcare, the IT, and our construction and EPMO expertise in managing the IT and low voltage components end-to-end -end, from dirt to delivery wow. for new hospital builds. And we managed over a dozen of those IT component construction projects uh, for the organization um, over that portfolio lifespan. And at that point, you know, health healthcare, and this was just pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, healthcare was already changing. There's a big focus on innovation, mm -hmm. and there became a open window for wow. Not a lot of healthcare IT shops have this expertise in-house, nor should they have to have it, right? They're right. not construction people. Hospital projects are those kind of projects most people endeavor in maybe once, maybe twice in a career. So it's not like a lot of industry learning lives there because you do it once and then you are likely not to perform that sort of project again. And if you do it's usually years down the road and for some strange reason there was this big window of repetitive and sometimes in parallel hospital IT construction projects we were mm -hmm. able to manage wow. and um, me and some of those same people you talked about earlier that have been with me we've been together for decades in some cases saw an opportunity to sort of take that dog and pony show on the road and we opened our own company, um, it's been years now, called Equinox Healthcare IT, and we specialize in performing the project management functions for an IT department on any of their hospital IT projects. Wow. And IT departments now in hospitals, in the COVID environment, they're mm -hmm. like their counterpart clinicians slammed. Yeah. You know, so in addition to not having the project expertise, the resourcing constraints are significant. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And so that's one area of business they can outsource, get the expertise they need, have the resourcing support they're going to need, and make sure that the IT department's able to deliver a stellar product when that new hospital opens. And we've been doing that for a handful of years now together, all of us project managers working on those type of projects. And meaningful is an understatement. Mm, Driving mm -hmm. by hospitals, you had a part in building seven, 10 years later. It's, you know, it's a pretty neat thing. Wow, that's really incredible. And just to hear that entire part of your journey is amazing. It's a Again, it's something that I think a lot of project managers should aspire to attain in their own in their own career roadmaps is this, to your point, I love the word nirvana. It does really does sound like the nirvana of where we can be as PMs. And until it sounds like you continue to be so passionate about it and, and what you do, is that kind of spurred by the fact that you, again, surround yourselves with like-minded people who are also kind of in this space where you just want to continue to contribute and help grow the community, you are obviously making huge contributions to the healthcare industry in terms of all of the projects that you've been able to support. But what is it that kind of keeps you invigorated every day to do what you do? Yeah, there, there's something naturally uplifting, working around and being around smart people, and high performers, and people that recognize some, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. I've learned a lot. Um, just the, in the nature of the work and that I'm still learning and that I'm comfortable, but not too comfortable. You know, I've sort of found that, you know, if this is comfort, growth and opportunity live somewhere right here, you know? Yeah. And so having project managers around me, having engineers around me, having nurses around me, and then just working on and being able to assist them in probably one of their highest visibility, highest difficulty, complexity, definitely highest price projects. It's naturally uplifting. It's hard not to be inspired by those people and the kind of projects we get to work. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and for those that are charting out their own career roadmap in terms of the projects that you've been able to acquire they're they're significant projects right and 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 meaningful and purposeful to your point how does one go about positioning themselves in their own careers to eventually take these projects get offered these projects get to work on these projects do you have any advice for that those people who are trying yeah. to chart out that path yeah one small project at a time. I mean, you are looking at somebody who's managed a lot of root poot, you know, low priority. Yeah. It, if and when it gets done good, it'll be good to have it off the list projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one project at a time and staying true to always trying your hardest, delivering your best product, figuring out other ways to do or have one other certification or one other benefit that's probably available to you if you look for it at the same time maintaining some sort of life balance for for me it just sort of gravitated into that space i i always kind of chuckle when people call that a curve of map because it doesn't really 
feel like that. Um, it feels more like a story. And then yeah. at different points in the story, there's some pretty, some pretty happy chapters or milestones, a project manager would call it. And then even now, you know, I'm looking at what's next. You know, even now I'm looking at what's next. How do we grow? How do we organize ourselves to deliver better projects? How do we win bigger projects? Mm -hmm. You know, how do we partner with our clients in a more meaningful way? How do we be mindful about giving back to our community? How do sure. we bring on new project managers of varying skill sets, build a bench and create opportunities for others? How do we always balance that with life and make it a nice balance, not a cutthroat speed, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you have such Tricky. a, you have such a balanced energy about the way you've been telling your story to our audience that I feel like the journey is not so rock. It doesn't have to be so rocky for us um, as we as we navigate our own career paths. So you walking through the calculated risks that you've taken, the decisions that were driven by things that are outside of, you know, being so career driven, there's other parts of your life that are happening that drove decisions. I love this idea that we, we are so aware of where we want to be and where we are at present state that it doesn't always have to be such a scary journey to make. Uh, and your story mm -hmm. is just one of one of many of these that are things that project managers like in my position or even newer than me are looking to achieve in, in such a in such a graceful manner, I think is, is the best way to put it. So Teal, thank you so much for your time today. Is there anything else, any words of wisdom you want to impart on our audience before we let you go? You called it networking early on in our conversation. Sure. And I would just say, enjoy the relationships you build along the way. Um, of a variety of different people at a variety of different levels. Uh, at, the, at the end of the day, the relationships are what bring the most meaning. And you never know, um, a lot of opportunity as well. The people along the way are important. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you absolutely. for having me. Yeah. Thank you, Teal. No, I appreciate you sharing your journey, your story with us today. Um, that will do it for Teal and I in this installment of the Everyday PM podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you did and you want to continue the conversation with us, Teal, where can people find you online? www.equinoxhit.com. That's Equinox. Hit HIT for healthit.com. Amazing. Yes. And please do so. Please, uh, you know, follow up with Teal if you have any further questions. Um, what a wonderful journey that you've made. And, and again, something that we are all aspiring to do ourselves. So you can all find me on LinkedIn as well. Um, and you can find me online on all of the various social media platforms. You can support the Everyday PM podcast by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whichever of the pod podcasting platforms you're listening in on. We are available on Google Play. Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, you name it, most podcasts 
podcasting platforms, you will be able to find the Everyday PM. You can also watch the video version of this on my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Ancampia. Please take a moment to like this video, subscribe, and also turn those notifications on so you know when content goes up. Again, Teal, thank you for your time today. I hope you have um, a, a great rest of the year. We're almost to the end of it here um, and have a wonderful uh, rest of your day as well. And thank you for taking the time to speak to our audience. So that will do it for both of us. And until next time, everyone, take care. <laughs>